Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Erin Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. This is a teen drama musical episode. I love musical episodes. Yeah. Musicals. Yeah, it. Riverdale decided to do a musical episode, which. I, I'm, I'm So, right out of the gate, it's a weird choice. Okay, what I will say, though, is I feel like every seven to eight years, TV goes on this cycle where they're like, everyone does a musical episode. Yeah, but like, so Buffy did a musical episode. Yeah, and then about seven years later, so when Buffy did theirs, all of the shows did them. That's when Scrubs did theirs. That's when that 70s show did theirs. Everyone did a musical episode. And then about seven to eight years later, that's when Grey's Anatomy did their musical episode. Yeah. And there was another thing then. I was I was about to say, like, the only reason it's weird is because this doesn't feel like a show that would do that. Like, Buffy always had a sense of whimsy to it, even as it's very mm-hmm. de- deathly serious. Scrubs is a comedy. Like, like, Kevin, now's the time. What you don't know is this week... All of the sitcoms did a musical episode, too. Oh. Life in Pieces did one. Once again, sitcoms. The Goldbergs did one. I just feel like... I don't watch a lot of dramas. Maybe some dramas did one, well, too. I, just I don't know. I feel like Riverdale doing a musical episode kind of feels like if CSI Miami did a musical episode. Kevin, Grey's Anatomy did a musical episode. Yeah, but Grey's Anatomy, I still feel like, has a lighthearted feel. Like, I, like yes, I understand it's a drama, but, like, from what just I've heard of it, it feels like not 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 Grey's Anatomy, the show, but the people who make it. I don't understand why you're surprised about this. Every, like, three episodes, we have half a musical episode. In what way? Sad stripping to Mad World. Yeah, but that's, that's, that is choosing songs. That's a little bit different than having, than, than doing a musical episode. Okay, so what we should say is when they did a musical episode... They didn't just pick songs for the characters to sing. Yeah. Riverdale this week did carry the musical. Yes, which I didn't realize before there was an, act, was an actual musical. Oh, it for sure is. I'm yeah. not familiar with it. I haven't seen it. I haven't listened to the soundtrack. I'm familiar with the film carry, so. Um, but there was sort of in like the mid-2000s a resurgence of um, popular mu- movies from our youth. Yeah, I remember that. that... My youth becoming musicals. So there was like Heather's. And Carrie, and Bring It On, and, well, and um, Legally Blonde, and yeah. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, The Wedding Singer. Yeah, so it's of that time. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised that Carrie. There's a Carrie musical. I'm actually not surprised. Yeah, by that but at I'm all. not familiar with it because I don't think it's ever been on Broadway. I think it's just been off yeah. Broadway. And it's just been, it's kind of weird to see a show decide that we're just gonna like, like a high school that we see in. Uh, this this episode decide we're going to do another musical. Yes, so I am. So it says it's like a jukebox musical. I am surprised that they chose to do Carrie the musical. If this was a realistic high school, yeah, I would think they would. If they wanted to do like a throwback movie musical, yeah, I would think they would do like Heather's or Legally Blonde or Bring It On, which are musicals that are chock full of female leads. Well, I feel like I I feel like especially Legally Blonde. The problem with doing something like Heather's or Carrie is that they're very. I mean, Carrie ends with essentially a school massacre. Yeah, but I mean, it's a high school. High schools are. High schools <laughs> like to be edgy, Kevin. Yeah, it's it, it is a it would be a weird choice. To do as a high school is all I'm saying. 
I disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> you don't think that'd be weird? No, I have a lot of background in education. Yeah, I know, and I definitely think a high school would pick Carrie because there are a lot of really awesome female leads. Not as good as like Legally Blonde or um, Bring It On, where it's chock full of women, like their entire chorus is women. Yeah, but still, the main characters who drive the story forward are women, which is essentially 98% of the people who want to do high school uh, musicals in most high schools are girls. Yeah. Specifically, girls who are in grade 11, because in grade 12, they want to get their grades. Um, So there's a lot of female roles, and it feels like slightly edgy. So if they did it, they'd be like, look, we're a cool school. We're like delving into issues. We're deeper than your other schools that are doing Grease. Grease is such a bad play. Yeah, I don't know. Still weird to me. Um, it, it has nothing to do with like the leads in it. Like that's why I say more. I see more like Legally Blonde than Heather's or Carrie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I just I know a lot of schools <laughs> that like to be like, hey, we're cool, we're edgy. Check out what we're doing. Well, that's why they do stuff like um, the Hours or something, where it's where it's like, where it's like edgy, but it's not specifically like. The kids going to that school. Yeah, there's just, there's been a push towards, yeah. look, we're delving into kids' issues. We do carry, so our kids don't do a murder spree. I we feel... teach them how, we teach them the lessons they need to know. It'd be like if you saw a school do Hunger Games the musical. Kevin, don't suggest that. TM, TM, TM. Or, or Battle Royale the musical. TM, TM, TM. In five years when every school's doing Hunger Games the musical, give us all your royalties. <laughs> yeah, when it's like, let's get all these teenagers to kill each other. We didn't come up with the idea, but we're doing it. <laughs> it's uh, ours. TM, TM, TM. All right, let's get into the mu- this musical episode. TM, this TM, is TM. season two, episode 18, A Night to Remember. A Night to Remember. We're going to start out and uh, Kevin uh, meets with Jughead. He hands him a video camera. And well, no, he this... sets up a video camera and films it. And then the scene is filmed from Kevin's video camera. Yeah, because he wants Jughead to do the behind the scenes for the musical. Because that's normal. I, that's definitely a thing I can imagine someone like Kevin doing. It's a documentary that Jughead's going to film because Jughead has a proven history of filming documentaries. Yeah, that's a little bit weird. If they had set up any earlier that he was interested in film studies, I'm sure there's a film studies class at this at this very good high school. That Jughead maybe is taking. But I think what we're supposed to take from this is Jughead wants to be a journalist, and TV journalism and print journalism are the think, same thing. I don't thing. think he wants to be a journalist. He wants to be a true crime writer. <laughs> anyway. Like, those, those are kind of different things. And Kevin does want to do a docu- documentary, and because there is no faculty leader on this show. Nope. No one stops Kevin. Nope. Kevin does what he wants. <laughs> Kevin does whatever he... Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So don't worry, Jughead's going to be there all the time filming behind the scenes. Yeah. Because, you know, our normal TV camera in this normal TV show yeah. can't see what happens behind the scenes. Uh, it... I don't get the thematic element of that. Uh, but hey, we go right into our first... Like, we immediately hit our first song. Which is sung by the characters... In their everyday life. Yes, this, this is a non-diegetic song. 
So uh, Betty does some makeup and sings her song. Veronica prances around in her clothes and sings her song. Archie does rage <laughs> push-ups. It looks like they're well, all getting ready for auditions. Well, no, they're all, they're not, Aaron. They're learning their lines. They yes. have full scripts. But, like, sometimes you have full scripts for the audition. But guess what, guys? In Riverdale, you don't audition for your high school play. No. They, they Kevin are... just puts you in it. Yeah, that's what that's what we slowly learn over this episode. But there yeah, were no so, auditions. So they're all learning their lines and doing character stuff, I guess. And there's a brief interlude where Luke Perry Andrews is like, Hey, Archie, I thought that maybe because I have no work to do, because I dropped off of the... <laughs> expensive project i guess yeah we could build the sets for the high school musical for free i have wood in the backyard and archie's <laughs> like but dad i thought you hated me and luke Pantres is like no hey no, no. i'm your dad no, no. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, over like going over this episode where archie learns repeatedly that his dad is a good dad <laughs> so it's like i was disappointed in what? you but still. No, no, I don't hate you. <laughs> I just wanted you to come to my thing. Uh, th- then uh, Archie heads out and jumps in his Firebird, which he can drive now. Because Archie has a driver's license, or, I guess. Or just a devil-may-care attitude with the law. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But he, uh, he, he heads off as they sing their song about being a teenager, I think. This teenager song. It seems to be a song about being a teenager. Eventually ends with all of our main characters from the TV show and our non-main characters, including Josie, being in a circle on the stage doing a chair dance. Yep. No one else who's in the musical is there. Yeah, and some like arm and shoulder dances. Subsequently, we learn there is a chorus to this show. And in fact, Ethel and Tony... And Ethel is actually not Mitch? part of the chorus. Ethel's not actually part of the chorus. She does have a role. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she's not a part of the chorus. Well, I I know, but she might have a small role. She has a small role. She's Helen, which once again we don't know because we're unfamiliar we with don't this know musical. Harry, so we don't know how big a Helen role is. Midge, I guess, is there. Tony is definitely a part of the chorus. Yeah, she definitely doesn't have a have a named role, but is there? Yeah. Oh wait, Moose we do, is there? We we do see um. Uh, Cheryl and Tony uh, sexy cheerly dancing mm. um, while they sing their song, song about being teenagers. From Carrie. I Whenever they sing the songs, I really am trying really hard to listen to the lyrics because now I know it's not like... Yeah, it's, it's not just songs. Yeah. It's not just scenes from the musical with the songs from the musical well, no, well, in the show. No, no, Like I they're mean, trying to relate it. Yeah, no, yeah. Once I knew that this was also a already made it's not, they, these songs weren't written for the episode yeah. I'm trying to figure out the um the pairing essentially where they're like oh this song will do well I, I'm assuming this is the first song in the which is why I think they should have done Spring Awakening cause they could have sang that song that um Moritz sings at the beginning of the show that I'm not gonna say the name of it cause it has a curse in it but for those of you who are familiar with Spring Awakening they could have sang the mm of living at this point Aaron, they they say bitch on the show, so we can say bitch. Oh, who knew? I, I, I explain this to you every single time. Our rating is the same as the shows we watch. Guys, cursing <laughs> is hard. Anyway, I mean, I, I thought you were going for totally effed. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could have seen that, too. <laughs> Aaron, I don't know if you quite understand the rating system on CW. Oh, I certainly don't. <laughs> like, I don't think they could have gotten away with some of the songs in Spring Awakening. 
Some of them. Okay, but Spring Awakening performed at the Tonys and performed on Today and on Ellen and all kinds of things. So there are certainly alternate lyrics that are TV appropriate. Yeah, they could have done. That would have taken a lot of not a lot of work. That would have taken some. They're taking zero work. <laughs> it would have taken some work for them literally to the same amount of work as doing Carrie. <laughs> and people love Spring Awakening. The lyrics Maybe. are by Duncan Sheik, who says musicals are cool. Also, it starred Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff, both of who are both of whom are super famous TV actors now. Um, hey, audience, if you know what Spring Awakening is, let Aaron know. <laughs> I, I do not think it's as popular as she thinks it is against a outside of musical people. I the think thing- maybe I'm very old because it was extremely popular, extremely mainstream in 2010. Yeah, the the thing is that Carrie the the. the, the go, I guess offending them choosing Carrie the musical. Um, Carrie is is even if you don't know, like I don't know the mu- I didn't know it was a musical. I knew Carrie the movie. Yeah, yeah, and also the Cheryl storyline. Anyway, what, what yeah. I'm mostly enraged about is literally everyone who was involved with this TV show who went to high school was definitely involved in their <laughs> high school musicals. Yeah, and they've all forgotten how high school musicals work. They they've made some. They have willfully chosen to ignore it. They've made some strange choices with they they have made some artistic choices with how things work. Um, number one, the first one we see being, uh, do you know who plays uh Carrie White's mom? Alice. Alice Cooper. Because <laughs> as Kevin said, there is nothing worse. Than uh, age inappropriate casting, which I actually don't have a problem with, because when we did Footloose, yeah, in when I was in grade twelve, all all of the adults, yeah, were played by adults from the community, yeah, and we produced the show as like a Garibaldi arts performance, not a Garibaldi high school, yeah, which I thought was super super cool, and and it it it, it, when it would work in, in Carrie at least from knowing the movie because there's not that many adult characters, unfortunately. Kevin Keller. <laughs> yeah, cast Josie as the gym teacher. Yeah, we get Which the, comes up later. Yeah, yeah, later we learn that apparently, I, I think he was strong-armed into it by Alice. The the fear he shows when she arrives makes me feel like she strong-armed him. So, A, only the leads and, like, two chorus members show up for this first rehearsal. Because the leads of our TV show and the supporting characters of our TV show are there. Yeah. B, Chuck can show up late, and no one cares, because he's trying to redeem himself. <laughs> well, he, he needed to have a dramatic entrance. C. Fangs pops up out of nowhere, and we're still not sure what his job is. He And he enters in a very foreboding way. Like, he screeches his chair across the ground. And gets right in next to Kevin. And he, he's shot in this way with his backlighting. Oh, actually, I should mention this. This episode, at least for the... I, I didn't notice as much later on, but at least for the beginning um, scene, is shot really interestingly... Um, because they shoot different from how they usually shoot Riverdale. There's a lot more handheld, like, um, there, there's a few ones, there's a few, like, cool spin shots. It's, yeah, it actually has a really cool feel. They kind of drop some of it as it goes along, but that that, that intro number is great. If well, had, very well shot. If they had been less, like, this is how you do a musical, I would probably be less enraged. Yeah. Uh, so Fang shows up late, we don't know what his job is. I think he just wants to sleep with Kevin. I think he's the stage manager. Maybe. Yeah. I agree with you, but it's not clear. <laughs> um, uh, Alice plays a, an adult, and no other adults play any other adults. Yeah, and all the characters are effectively playing themselves. But Chuck is trying to redeem himself by being in the play. And playing the bad guy. He plays the bad guy. <laughs> he, even, he, seems, he may think it's counterintuitive. 
I almost wanted him to say, you may think this is counterintuitive because everyone else is playing their exact same character. But I'm proving I'm a different person by playing myself. Meanwhile, Cheryl, who definitely strong-armed her way into the uh, Carrie White role, to feel she has to stand up to prove it. So she sings a Carrie song. Yeah, and then... Yeah, and then that happens, and they're all like, okay. She's like, everyone thinks I'm a bad singer, but no one thinks she's a bad singer, except for the sandbag that almost drops on her. Yeah, a sandbag falls and almost kills her. And Kevin's like, oh, no. I just wanted to do a play. (laughs) Because after the main credits, we learn secrets that Kevin should, that definitely should be told to a faculty supervisor, who Aaron may be Alice. She doesn't work for the school. Yes, but remember how they made they made our faculty supervisor for the um. They didn't. I can Im- I, here's what I can imagine. They made her the faculty supervisor for uh the uh. But then they kicked everyone off the paper except for Kevin. Yes, I I a hundred percent imagine Alice going up to Mister Weatherby and being like, "Remember how you hired me on as the faculty supervisor? Then you stopped the school newspaper. Well, still I'm still technically an employee. Now I'm in the play." He's like. Whatever. It's possible. I don't care. Also, you know who he should have told if there wasn't a faculty supervisor, which there should be? Yeah. His dad. Anyway, we haven't even said what he, what happened. So, Kevin, Kevin, don't say it all bored like, like oh, we have to explain the plot. We no, always explain I'm the just, plot. I'm so mad. All right. I'm Kevin, so mad. who's obsessed with his show, this, I want to say something, Kevin's like, <laughs> This whole thing is it totally in line with Kevin with the rest of this episode's Kevin. He yes. very much wants like this has been his plot for a lot of this season is he wants to do this musical. Yes, and it's a very big deal because as you remember, these characters are sophomores. Yes. He is directing the show as a grade ten. So he uh gets a um <laughs> Yeah, these are sophomores. Uh they're babies. Turns out what he was given was a uh, note from the Black Hood. That if he does not recast Carrie... Yeah. Murders. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If he does not recast the lead in the high school musical, murders will occur. Yeah, so Cheryl's getting real hard Phantom of the Opera. And... And Kevin's like... He's telling us to Jughead, and Jughead's filming him. He's like, yeah, you can't tell anyone Jughead. But film it for later. <laughs> because documentary. Because <laughs> this is you have to film everything. This is how documentary works. I, I've seen the jinx. I know. <laughs> I know how crimes happen. Eventually I'll be arrested. So if you just keep filming it, we'll find the true criminal. Uh, we got another song where they sing a song about... where. So this is a... Di- this is a... So this scene... Is it non-diegetic or diegetic? I keep on confusing those two. One of them means in the real world, one of them doesn't. Well, Kevin, unfortunately, I have a theater degree, not a film degree, which means everything happens in not the real world. I mean, some things on stage happen in the real world. I don't know. I have a theater degree. We don't learn this. Anyway, what (laughs) you guys, the audience, need to know is the scene we see next, all of the actors, no, all of the characters in the TV show are playing the characters they play in the musical. It's diegetic. Diegetic. It's diegetic because we know where the sound is coming from. What is annoying to me is all of the actors are in costume and there are lights and they all know their choreography immediately. So I guess we skipped forward in time. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? Basically, Literally, who knows? Who knows? Did they rehearse this entire musical in a week? That's Maybe. What it, that's what it feels like. I guess we're going to learn. Once again, the timeline's getting weird here. Remember 
people who listen to the timeline episode that our brother did, he made a, a year ago. This. There was one moment where he was like, "All right, the only way for this to work is three weeks have to go past. So maybe time's going past." Maybe these songs, these diegetic songs, are actually, like, time passing. Ooh. Anyway, we, we get an actual stage show where all the characters sing about how they feel about Carrie. Yes. And Betty thinks that if they're just nice to Carrie, things will be okay. But Veronica hates Carrie. And I don't get what the thematic element is for this, other than to show us that they're singing. Betty is dating Archie in the play. Veronica is dating Chuck in the play, and all of the chorus members are on Veronica's side. Also, it's the 1970s. Yeah, I don't quite get I don't know. I don't get the thematic elements of that. I don't know either. I was Uh, just mad because they were in costume, and I didn't understand if we jumped forward in time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then that goes to uh, Archie. uh, Archie and Veronica making it in the hallway. Yeah. In costume. Yeah. And Archie's (laughs) like, Veronica, I love you, but can I keep my car in your garage? I don't want to tell my dad that your dad gave me a car. And Veronica's like, um, okay. <laughs> what, More what, kisses? How are you going to get the car? Like, what? what's the plan here? You drive to the Pembroke and then I would drive, then like uh, me or Andre would drive you home? I was like, no, no, I'll rover run. It's fine. <laughs> no, I bet Andre would do it. Oh, probably. Now, <laughs> he's like, now I got a friend who I see every single day. I always have to pick up my best friend. I guess he picks him up from his dad's house, which wouldn't yeah. be as weird. Archie drove the Firebird from his dad's house, like, earlier. No, maybe weeks have gone by. (laughs) Who knows? At the beginning of the episode, he definitely drove his Firebird outside the house. And And did his dad just not notice? Probably not, but now Archie is paranoid. (laughs) I don't know. Who knows how much time has passed? Time Time is a flat circle. All becomes one eventually. Um... So then we find out in a very short scene, Hiram is filled with joy. We, we cut to the lodges a few times this episode, and it's all always useless. It's always Hiram being like, heh heh heh. Yeah, it's always Hiram plotting off in a tower somewhere. In this scene, he goes, hmm, Hermione, you're going to win as mayor because Luke Perry Andrews runs on a platform of family values. But Mary went back to Chicago and Luke Perry Andrews and Archie have never been all further apart. All he says is, is Mary's gone. Oh, yeah. We just assumed she went back to Chicago. And I'm like, wasn't she going to stay to help him run his campaign? Maybe she's dead. How much time has passed? <laughs> Who knows? Years have slid by in the blink of an eye. It's we are now decades. old. <laughs> the twilight of our life has come upon us now. Everyone's a vegetarian vampire. <sighs> nope. Twilight's used for other words as well. Okay, so, um... Jughead and Betty. <laughs> Jughead immediately doesn't do what Kevin says Kevin's and tells like, Betty. Keep this a secret. And Jughead's like, I'll tell Betty. <laughs> if I tell my girlfriend that's a secret, I will say if someone says to you, don't tell anyone, they usually don't mean don't tell your girlfriend slash wife slash husband slash boyfriend. There has to be a limit to that, Aaron. I'm just saying if, this one time. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron, I want I want you to imagine, for example, a bunch of criminals, and a man stabs a guy, and he's like, "I murdered this man. Don't tell anyone." And he's like, "I can tell my wife, though, right?" And he's like, "No, don't tell anyone." Here's a story from my life. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this one time, I had this boyfriend. This boyfriend had three roommates. One of the roommates had a girlfriend. Um, behind the scenes, the roommate and the girlfriend. 
and got pregnant and decided to find a place together. In front of the scenes, I overheard him on the phone trying to find a new place to rent. Then he came into the living room where I was and he was like, hey, Aaron. And I was like, hey. And he was like, I suppose you heard our good news. And I was like, mm, yes, indeed I did. And he was like, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. And I was like, it sure is. And then he walked out and I was like, wait a second. That conversation <laughs> felt weird. That didn't seem right. That's not how that goes. I mean, it's great you're moving in together, but there was a lot of weight to that conversation. <laughs> I did not understand. There's something more going on here. So then I texted my boyfriend and I was like, hey, this conversation happened. Feel like there's more. And he like danced around the topic for like a week. And he was finally like, oh, yes, my roommate and his girlfriend are having a baby. And I was like, why did you tell me? And he was like, well, you told me not to tell anyone. And I said, hey, roommate. What? What is happening? And he was like, yeah, I told him not to tell anyone. I didn't mean you. Well, and, and also that's a little bit different because the way that you put it, he already thought you knew. That's like, how I found out. Yeah, like he wasn't hiding. He wasn't hiding it from you. Yeah. If he came out and he was like, and he was like, oh, no, I like, he's like, oh, oh, oh. Like, that's a different. He thought you knew. That is a different situation. I'm just saying, usually yourself and your spouse are the same person. That's not great. That's not great. Why did we start talking about this? Jughead t- Jughead's telling Betty that he f- oh, yes. that there's a murderer about. And then he's going to film Betty trying to investigate with Ethel. He's trying to, I think he's trying to get a confession, essentially. But they're real dum-dums. Yeah, Betty's like, Betty decides that the most, the, I mean, who wants Cheryl not to be, uh, uh, Carrie the most well Ethel who did actually show interest in the role um, of Carrie Carrie in an earlier scene she was upset that Cheryl was there yes unfortunately Kevin didn't hold auditions for this musical I mean well once again let's be we know how Cheryl got the role she she asked, told him that she, that she's going to be the role then turned around and said this school's going to pay which still makes no sense so do you think he was going to hold auditions and then Cheryl did that and Kevin was like, oh no, there can't be auditions for this musical. I think I think he was just going to audition for 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 Carrie. He was just going to audition the lead? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, why not? Everyone else apparently is the exact role they need to be. Anyway, Cheryl was not allowed, sorry, Ethel was not allowed to audition for the play. Or for Carrie. Yeah. And then Ethel insists... That she is not a person who would ever harm or threaten someone. She didn't harm anyone. Um, remember when she super threatened Veronica, like, one episode ago? Did she threaten? When did she threaten Veronica? When she stormed in on the thing. She said she would never do anything to hurt another person. She dumped, like, she dumped, like, a, a smoothie on her or something. Yeah, but also the scene where she spread around all those flyers, which everyone immediately took as truth. Yeah, the, none of those are threatening. That's just her doing stuff. I'm just saying, Ethel is trying to be like, I'm Ethel, I'm perfect, I'm always nice. And that is not an accurate statement. I, you know what, I, going off our alignment chart, what she did, I would say, is chaotic good. Well, she still does things to people. She's still trying to pretend she's perfect, <laughs> and she is not. Yeah, she does spot um, Jughead because he's hiding behind a glass pane. He's very bad at this. He ducks down, and he's just behind a frosted glass pane in that moment. It's great. <laughs> it's like, I can see him, and Betty's like, no. He's just doing B-roll, and Ethel's like, I'm, he's not. I'm going to leave now. 
because this is weird. This show is very meta, this episode, which is good. In some ways, yeah. Then Alice tries to be sexy at FP, and he's like, I gotta work. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I guess I guess they got together the night, because we know yeah. we got together at the end of the last episode. And he's like, I'm not impressed you're in the high school musical. <laughs> yeah, I'm not impressed by that. Come on. Get out of here. Please leave. I got I got such work to do, and things are so weird right now. I can't handle any of this. I, I just want to have my son. Uh, this is the scene where we learn that Josie... Is cast as the gym teacher. The gym teacher, who I get. Who, okay, that means one of two things, Aaron. Either the gym teacher and Carrie, which I didn't understand, is a sixteen-year-old girl. That's possible. Or Josie's a thirteen, a thirty-year-old woman. These are both completely <laughs> realistic statements. I there's and there's literally no way to know. We just need our fans to tell us. Yeah, which one's true? Is <laughs> Josie thirty or is the gym teacher sixteen? But don't worry, Josie and Cheryl sing a song together, and then they have forgiven each other. I mean, Cheryl didn't. You have didn't to even explain Josie. the plot to that scene, Aaron. There wasn't much of a plot. Well, they sing a song. Well, yeah, but the entire point of the scene is that Josie is still upset at Cheryl because Cheryl was. Very, very weird to her. Can we just also point out the fact that Cheryl was very, very weird to Josie for about one episode and then instantly was like, nah, whatever. Cheryl loved Josie and then Cheryl learned that other girls can, like... <laughs> can love her as well. And then she was like, oh, I don't have to be a weirdo. There was some time... There was some time between... There was a lot of time between the... Was. Between the Josie, like, obsession scene and the everything else. It, I think she just had a, had a week where she was like, but Josie... Also, I'm just going to say, there's no actual proof that Cheryl sent the drawing. I mean, Cheryl did drawings, yeah. but there's no proof that she sent the drawing and the heart. Yeah, but she's also not denying it, and it's just, I don't know. It anyway. Feels, it feels like one of those things where we just have to extrapolate from there. They talk about it. And then they sing about it. And then they forgive each other. Cheryl doesn't forgive which, Josie. Cheryl has nothing to forgive. Yeah. Which but. which um will be an ongoing trend in this episode, just so you know. Storylines. They get wrapped up. What is not wrapped up is Kevin. What is the point of Fangs? He's the stage manager. There's or is he or is he the assistant director? I feel like he's I feel like he can be both because this is that because it's a high school show. Does this prove that the kids from Southside High have, like, successfully assimilated into Riverdale? That's not a question, Aaron. They 100% have. Just no one cares. So Jughead should calm down. Jug, no, Jughead refuses to calm down. They're, <laughs> yeah, Jughead doesn't get it. Fangs is the stage manager slash AD. Yeah. <sighs> so then Hiram confronts Veronica, being like, hey... Niha, why the Firebird? Why a car here? And Veronica's like, here's the plot. And Hiram's like, like, oh. (laughs) I've got a very obvious plan. (laughs) But look at me wink. Ha ha. Ha ha. And he he said, in keeping with this week's theme, and I'm like, was that a meta comment? What is happening? What is is this? What is this show? Uh, Then we find out, finally, there are people in this play other than this series leads. Because there's backup dancers. Presumably they were cast later. Veronica sings a song. She sings a Veronica song. And then Betty is like, Veronica is her character. <laughs> yeah, Veronica. Betty takes this moment of all moments. In front of all of these backup dancers who we've never seen before. To decide, decide now is the time <laughs> to, um, I guess, 
call out Veronica. She had this weird thing earlier in the episode where oh, she was like, yeah. where she was like, Veronica and her parents, something about our school. They're bad. But but why they've never done anything to Riverdale she, High? She's still mad because Southside and because Veronica's keeping secrets and. Ryan and her parents don't care about Riverdale. They only care about the prison. I'm tr- literally trying to think of what happened last episode that would prompt her to be like this in this episode. She's mad because of the prison. Because Veronica was keeping secrets. Veronica knew so. Side high would be yeah. That last episode. Yeah. Okay. I think I talked about this at the bar tonight, and I was like, "Guess what, guys? The big secret." Because all of my friends are behind. Yeah. Because they don't care about the show anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and they were like, and I was, they were like, "Please stop watching." And I was like, "Well, here's a secret." Hiram Lodge is building a prison. And then they all looked at me, and then I looked at them, and they were like, that, uh, that's, that's it. a secret? And I was like, yes. That's it. He's building a prison, and every, and, and everyone's being like, <gasps> clutching their pearls. Not and, in our town. And fainting under their fainting couches. Anyway, Veronica's bad. She only cares about herself. Yeah. Which the song tells us. <laughs> yeah, she. this is the one song that I guess kind of matches what's the going on. The world according to Chris, which is the world according to Veronica. The, the moment I mostly got is that she definitely gives Chuck a lap dance, and I'm like, there's no way that's happening in that show. No. There's no way that's happening. When I did Footloose in grade 12, there was like a moment where, um, uh, what is the main girl in Footloose called? I don't know. The main girl in Footloose had to Footy. like- Sure. Footy. She had to put her leg up on Chuck. Chuck is the bad guy's name in Footloose as well. Yeah. She had to put her leg up, like, vaguely around his waist and, like, shimmy. And everyone was like, oh, my stars. Well, it's because they're 15. I mean, she was 18. And the guy who played Chuck was 25. Okay. He didn't go to the school. Okay. We had no one who was cool enough to play the bad boy. (laughs) So (laughs) So you just cast outside. (laughs) You, like, shipped in a former student. (sighs) All right. Okay, Uh, maybe the show is less weird now that I told that story. Yeah, I think think you're bearing the lead here. Anyway, uh, Archie defends Veronica, I guess, in a very weird way. He's like, Betty, you don't get what she's going through. And I'm like, what is she going through? Also, Jughead creepy films that. He creepy films everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot to mention, Jughead creepy films everything. I actually thought it was there was actually going to be an honest chance that he was not going to be in this episode, and you were just only going to see yeah. things from his perspective when he was in the scene, which but, would have been cool. But that didn't happen. But they have Cole Sprouse, so they got to show him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Archie defends Veronica. Then Archie and Betty start to sing a love song on well, stage. No, hang on, Aaron. There is a line that you skip past that needs to be mentioned. I didn't write it down. Which is that Archie, go, Archie to help defend Veronica, says, Remember how quickly she forgave you after the Black Hood made you say those things? And I'm like, that's different, Archie. Betty was blackmailed with Blackwood being like, I will kill Veronica if you don't tell her these things. True. Veronica is doing this stuff. Because she loves her parents? Like, Betty did that. Like, if Veronica didn't forgive her, that would be insane. Betty did that to protect Veronica. Mm-hmm. Archie's like, remember when you were, remember when you defended Veronica by, you know, hurting her feelings? Veronica forgave you for that. I wanted Betty to slap him in the face. That seems apt. Yeah I, yeah. I really wish that's what happened. Yeah. So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, Kevin. Today, 
I went to a beer and chip tasting because it was my friend's 30th birthday. And even though I'm doing a no spend month, I like built into my no spend month that I could go out once during this month. Yeah. And I picked today, even though we went out for wings earlier this week, but well, you our pay parents for paid for that. So yeah. even though they weren't invited. Just tell us what you It's drink. fine. Anyway, <laughs> so I went to the beer and chip tasting event and it was at like a local beer store and I just felt very, very strongly that I needed to like support them. So afterwards, I went out to their store. I bought several individual cans of beer. Yeah. And now I'm drinking a beer that I got, that we tried during the tasting and I bought now. Yeah. It's from Freehold Brewing Company, which is a Canadian brewing company. So none of you can get this beer. And it's called the Lacey Sacy Sasson. <laughs> so it's like a, uh, uh, it's sort of like a sour slash, just a very unique beer. Um, let me read the side to you because I haven't seen this before. Lacey Sacy leaves her mark on your glass with her bubbles and she leave her mark on your heart with her mysterious farmhouse character. <laughs> Deep enough for reflection with friends, refreshing enough for a day in the glass. So this is a thing now that we're just making alcohol into people. Alcohol is, is people. Is people now. So this beer is essentially Veronica? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Aaron, tell them what's in that what's in that cup right now, that uh can right now that I need you to take out. I know it's very loud. I've been trying very hard to make it not make noise. It's, you've not been. It, it has not been working. I was better until we got to this segment about uh, you the were, beer. You were iffy. I think there's still some moments where people could have had a foreshadowing. What is people that? People will like it. What is that, Aaron? It's a metal straw. Yeah, <laughs> got a reusable straw, which is a fine idea. Which is good because people have. St- Maybe it's not happening in the States, but in Canada, yeah. people have stopped serving straws. Yes, which Because they are bad for the environment. To be fair, when I don't get a straw, I just drink from the glass because they wash the glasses. But... Yeah, but sometimes the ice just wants to attack your face. Okay, that's fair. I mean, no, that's fair. Uh... I have taken the straw out. <laughs> yes, because it has just been clinking around the whole time. I know. It was very good when we were watching, though, because it was easier to drink. And then I yeah, could, no, it's, it's I didn't fun. have to, like, look away from the TV screen. I could write and drink at the same time. No, it's fine, Aaron. It's an audio format. I have to edit it later. People like it. No, no, they don't. They hate Kevin, it. do you want the straw? Do you want the beer? I want nothing. Well, I'm going to drink the you beer. Drink your beer. Thank you. You're very welcome. Archie and Betty start to sing a love song on stage. In character, it's diegetic. Yes. And it is called i assume you shine i thought it was radiant or you are radiant or something it was you shine shine is the word they use i thought radiant was the word they used no. i've been i've been looking at a lot into D stuff and radiant <laughs> is a damage type so maybe that's where i'm coming from pretty sure it's shine all right i'll take but it anyway it's something like shine radiant sparkly unicorn yeah you are beautiful so they start to sing the song and the song segues into a scene between Veronica and Betty, where Veronica is like, yes, Betty, I am a bad friend. And Betty's like, no, yeah. you're not. And I'm like, oh, come on. She almost had a breakthrough. It almost made her a better person. Veronica was really like, you know what, Betty? Maybe you're right, and I should try to be a better person. Betty's like, that will be a better person. Don't worry. Let's sing this song together, and I'll trust you in the future. Yeah, she sings a song about how, like, look, you're beautiful, be- or not beautiful. You're you shine, or you're because radiant. Because you're bad. You don't know. 
like the way the song goes is like you are great because you are you and i'm like that's a good message on that's a good message in a general sense normally yes there are some times for veronica no there's that thing that i hate that it's the um uh it's the phrase that's constantly mis uh, misattributed to marilyn monroe Oh the, yes. If you don't, if you don't like me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but if you're, but sometimes you could not be a jerk. Sometimes people who are good people are jerks. And there's, well, just there's this trend in society as a whole, which is the oh, I say what's on my mind. I don't let things like make me not say like I just speak my mind all the mm-hmm. time. I'm like. There's a, there's a thing that human beings have that we use all the time called tact, mm-hmm. which is where sometimes you're not a jerk. And some sometimes you can speak what's on your mind yeah. in like a loving and constructive way. And sometimes what's on your mind isn't actually important and no one actually needs to know that. Yeah. And, or sometimes you can say it at a different time. There are a lot of ways to say what's on your mind. There are a lot of ways to be a good person. Veronica is not good at most of them. Yeah. Well, the main point I'm, I'm leaning towards is that, is that if you're a bad person, it's not on other people to accept you for being a bad person. It's on you to not be a bad person. And just learn how to do it. So Veronica, a bad person, almost has a breakthrough. And Betty, a good... Oh, man... A good person. Yeah, a person who just wants everyone to feel good about yeah, themselves decide, and love themselves. Decides to be like, no, no, Veronica, don't change, unless, I guess. Unless it's Sheik. Sheik needs to change. <laughs> no, yeah, he's he's not, he's he doesn't shine because of who he is. Cameron, he does not shine. No, he does not. Corey, <laughs> no shining. No. Okay, so then we have a short scene where Luke Perry, sorry, Hiram Visits the school where Luke Perry Andrews and Archie are building the set. Because Hiram is producing the play. I guess so. I guess. He produces everything at the school, including the wrestling team, so why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, High school plays don't have producers, oh, by the way. But some, the producer some, is the school. I mean, sometimes they have... They have sponsors. Sponsors. So maybe that's what... Maybe he's sponsored, but he's like... Oh, um, he- I'm the producer, Mr. Weatherby's like, no, you're no, not. No, I'm the producer. I'm the, I'm, technically, I'm the producer. You're a sponsor. I'm the producer. I mean, they certainly did sponsor the show, because later yes. we find out that Hermione has ads all over the program. Yeah, f- well, full back ad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, why he's actually there is to reveal <laughs> to Luke Perry Andrews in his super elaborate plot <laughs> that he bought the car. Yeah, in a super smug way, he's like... I should take your dad out yet for a spin. Luke Barry, I bought your son a car. It's a Firebird. You never forget your first car. Bye. Bye. And then he leaves. <laughs> and Luke Parentress is like, well, I thought maybe one day you and me would buy a car from the junkyard and we'd fix it up and that would be pretty cool. Yeah, Luke. But okay. Luke Perry Andrews does what Luke Perry Andrews usually does, which is where he's very upset in the moment because he's a human being, and he's like, I'm just, I'm just sad, and he's so heartbroken. He's so sad. So sad. He wanted to go to Jalopy, and I'm like, ah, Jalopy. Good. (laughs) Meanwhile, Alice leaves a sad voicemail for Sheik, and Betty overhears it, and is (laughs) real sad. Betty, 
forgets what happened a couple episodes ago. And she's just like, oh no, my mom. My mother's sad again. I remember why I did this the first time. I remember why Sheik was here. In the, I keep calling him Sheik. I remember why Chick was here in the first place. I can't call him Chick. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb name. <laughs> I remember why he was in the first place. Because she was sad. Now he's gone and she's sad again. I need to make my mom happy. Oh no. Oh no. Meanwhile, in a different plot line... Kevin gets another letter. From the Black Hood. So So they go to see Cheryl, and Cheryl's like, No, I will not be taken down by thespian blackmail. She has a better word. She says thespian terrorism. Thank you, because I couldn't remember what the second word was. It's thespian terrorism. I couldn't remember. I got distracted by the fact that Penelope Blossom stormed in and was like, Ha ha, Cheryl! You think you've beat me, but I am your parent, and I did not approve you could do the musical. I am <laughs> incensed by the fact that they have not actually clarified where she went when she left the mental institution. I, think, I guess she's back home, which is insane. Yes, it's last episode we assumed she was with Tony. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. Is she, yeah, is she just back home? Why wouldn't her mother just send her back again? And now you understand why I wrote down different things. No, I understand that, but like, come on. It, None. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter the Black Hood made the threats because Cheryl can't do the play anyway. But don't worry. Well, I, I'm confused by the fact that Penelope Blossom now doesn't have any fear of her daughter. Also, I have literally never done a school musical where my parents had to be like, yes, I sign off that my child can do this play. I mean, parents can do the opposite. Yeah, but like she didn't need her mom's permission. No, she to absolutely do it. did not need her permission. She, yeah. she, once again, her mom could say no, which she did. But she did not need need her permission to do it. And why did her mom choose this moment when presumably they've been rehearsing for months? I don't know. Maybe they've just been rehearsing for two days. I don't know, Aaron. This is real dumb. Exactly. Remember how the beginning of this entire season was Cheryl, like, burning down the house and then threatening her mom with death? Oh, don't worry. And then her then her mom is is now apparently not afraid of her. What, the entire point is her mom's supposed to be afraid of her daughter. Don't worry, Kevin, because we have a short scene where Kevin reveals that, to the cast, that Midge is the understudy. Shocking Ethel. Which explains why Midge has been there the entire time. Yeah. But not why she was there in the scene she, before she Kevin was, got the letter. She was the secret understudy, Aaron. Then Kevin looks at Tony and is like, Tony. Cheryl's in the bleachers. So Tony goes to the bleachers, and she talks to Cheryl, and we find out that Cheryl is not the same girl who burned her house to the ground and cut off her mom's oxygen. So at some point she told Tony that. I don't know where in their romantic bed talk that came up. But everyone everyone in the TV show, except for me and Kevin, knows that Cheryl's no longer that girl. So that's why her mom is not afraid. A few things about this. Um, let's start with the fact that... Um, when did this st- you stop being the Cheryl? You've been insane the entire season. At what point have you, I guess, Tony calmed you down? No, I think she was less insane for approximately 22 minutes <laughs> which is during all- the scene when she was in the mental institution. Which is all the time her mother needed to, like, take Yeah, get all the power, hands. I guess. Um, Two, I, 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 I really wanted to see the scene where she told Tony all this stuff. Because for some reason, I like to imagine that, t- that Tony's like, tell me something you never told anyone before. And Cheryl's like, I burned my house down and, and closed off the oxygen tube to my mother when she's in the hospital. And Tony was like, oh. I learned a thing. Okay. 
All right. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that, Cheryl. But based on this beautiful scene, they grow closer, and Cheryl has the confidence she needs to be for insane life. again. Great. It's Cheryl's arc for this episode learning to be chaotic evil. She's still chaotic neutral. She still does what she thinks is right. Chaotic evil does what they think is right as well. Well, remember, her mom and her uncle are pig people. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Evil can act upon evil 100% time. I don't know, you guys. So then we have a scene where Midge and Alice sing a song from the musical. And Alice plays herself, and she breaks down in tears. And I thought it was a song about how Alice is... Alice has this line where she's like, no, your friends don't actually like you. No, don't go in the world. You only need me. Yeah. And I thought those were the parallels to Alice's character. No, they, this is real bad. This is a bad parallelism. Because the parallels are actually, Alice is so sad because she's alone. Which is not the, the point of the song is is not The point of that character in Carrie the, the character is supposed to be really, really bad and really, really controlling. That character is more more akin to how Alice was in season one. When she told Betty, guess what? Archie doesn't really like you. Veronica doesn't really like you. Those people don't want to be your yeah, friends. She, she literally was, at that moment, was being Carrie's mom. Oh. But in this scene, apparently Betty forgot about and, that. And sees her mom's, well... In a normal world, you'd be like, wow, Alice is such a good actor. But in Riverdale, Betty's like, oh, my mom's crying. She feels real things on the inside. Well, her mom does stand up and run away. And then Kevin goes, this is trash. Kevin's like, oh, no. I should not have casted everybody as themselves. <laughs> I don't. I have a faculty advisor. <laughs> I need an adult. Thanks. Go find a grown-up. <laughs> Thanks. Find any grown-up. No, wait, no, that's, in Riverdale is a bad thing to say. Find a responsible grown-up. I have a question. Why is there no musical director? I guess it's Kevin. It's a musical. I guess it's Kevin. Who's the choreographer? I guess it's Kevin. It's a musical. It's Kevin. I'm really bad. Aaron, everything's Kevin. It's all Kevin. Or Fangs? (laughs) Maybe that's who Fangs is, the musical director. He's the stage manager. Why do you refuse to accept that he's the stage manager? Because they didn't introduce him. I I don't think you need to introduce that. I think it's fine. He's the stage I'm manager. So mad. Anyway, Kevin's like, "Oh, I'm directing a train wreck." Alice runs into the night. Betty runs after Alice. They bond. Alice is so sad because she's driven everyone away. And then Betty's like, "No, I have to help my mom." Like, like Betty, you're wait, you're right back in episode thirteen. Betty, you're a teenager. Your mom's a grown-up. Your, your mom, last time you were like, my mom's sad. I gotta help her. You found Chick. And that was bad. And that ended really poorly. Don't do it. Stop, Betty. Just slow down. Don't find that coriander. <laughs> slow your roll. Okay, so, um... Ooh, uh, this is Luke Perry comes back. None of my notes are good. Uh, so Archie is, uh, like, doing a scene, and then he sees his dad and is like, Dad, you're here. You don't hate me. His dad's like, I'm a grown-up. What are you talking? Of course, this again? I don't hate you. Archie, you're my child. Archie, I said I would do the sets for the show, so I did the sets for the show. And Archie's like, man, my dad is a real good guy. And then he's like, I need to stop being in the mafia. 
<laughs> so he Which go- is not what he does. No, instead he goes to Hiram and threatens him. He's like, hey, sometimes people in the world are good people, like my dad. So I'm giving you back your car. And if you threaten my dad, you'll have threatened my dad. Oh, don't threaten my dad. Don't do it, Hiram. And Hiram's like, what is going on? What is this scene? Huh? Why am I Why am I in this episode? What is my plot line? Why am I a producer of the show? What is going on? Hermione! Hermione, what am I doing? Something happened. <laughs> Hermione! Archie was mean to me. Help. Help me. Be my parent. <laughs> Hermione, I need an adult. A responsible adult. Get Mr. Weatherby. Not you. Not you. Not you, Hermione. You're you're not. Just get <laughs> Maybe Kevin Keller. He seems good. <laughs> Give me Kevin Keller. He's a responsible adult. <laughs> so meanwhile. <laughs> Betty and Alice are eating salad, and they're nervous because it's opening night. But Betty has a plan. And we realize that Betty doesn't want her mom to be alone. So she <laughs> invited Hal. Well, she invited Hal. Betty, Betty's trying her best. She's <laughs> not great. Hal, he brought some bouquets. He gives the little bouquet to Betty, the big bouquet to Alice. Alice doesn't like it because she's allergic to peonies. He gives both the bouquets to Betty. No, Betty snatches the bouquet out of his hand. And he's like, Alice, I'm very bad. I would like to come home. Can I be back in the show again? I don't have a backup show. (laughs) And then I was like, fine, no more secrets. Time to tell you everything. Not everything, maybe. But then she (laughs) reveals what literally everyone on this TV show has known for so long and we assumed Hal knew. I assumed as well. Because that's what would make him so angry. But turn, no, it turns out Hal did not realize that um, Chick was not his son. He suspected, but he didn't know. I don't think she told him who the father was, though. No, I don't think so either. So no <laughs> so one knows. So there are still some secrets, I guess. It's not FP. Maybe? She said it wasn't FP. She could be lying. That's true. Um, Luke what, Perry Andrews! Wait! It's Luke Perry Andrews! No, God, no. It's not Luke Perry um, Andrews. Uh, I like in this scene how it says, well, I suspected. Which I think is like a nod to the audience being like, yeah, yeah we duh. all suspected. Everyone knew. We all figured it out. But he's like, I don't care because he's not around right now. I love my family. And by family, I mean you and Betty. <laughs> Look, I'm tired of sleeping where I'm sleeping. Can me and Betty do some car fixing? <laughs> Conveniently... Over at the Andrews house, Archie sold some music stuff. He had, which, a, he had a lot of music stuff. Literally is what he says on the show. Yeah. What did he sell? We don't I, know. He, he had multiple guitars there. I assume he sold some of his multiple guitars. His guitars that he stole. Where did he get them? No one knows. <laughs> I assume they were gifted to him slowly by Veronica. Or Miss Grundy. <laughs> Yeah, in her will. He sold the Miss Grundy guitars. Miss, Miss, <laughs> yeah, I assume that Miss Grundy, like, in her will, bequeathed him a bunch of guitars. So thanks to the Miss Grundy dollars, he bought his jalopy. From Junkyard Steve. And it looks, yep. Yeah, I It guess. looks very like the comic's jalopy. It's great. It's, it's the jalopy. And Luke Perry Andrews is filled with such joy because they can fix this terrible, terrible car together if there's one thing we know about the jalopy though is that it is immortal 
Oh, it's like it's a ghost car. It will live forever. It'll live forever, and 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 it only works for Archie. There's an episode. There's an episode. There's a um a strip where Archie and Reggie switch cars, and the <laughs> car will not work for Reggie. Like I mean, like like it it too far. It doesn't work for Archie as well. But like everything goes bad when Reggie's driving it. Like it rains, but the top won't go up. Uh, and like it breaks down, but only Archie knows how to like do the proper thing. So you know what? Archie's gonna be fine with the jalopy with his magic car. It's true. <laughs> Delightful. And Luke Perry Andrews, his heart is just filled with such joy. They don't have to talk about it, they don't have to do anything, but all the joy happens. And then I guess it's opening, opening night. night. Which is confusing <laughs> because for some reason all of the leads are in the same dressing room, singing about opening night, but also about prom. <laughs> and also all the non-leads have their own dressing room, so. But you know who is in the shared dressing room? Ethel and Tony and Moose. I, until Ethel gets her own dressing room. It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. Then they all go on stage in costume. And do a dance number, so, I guess. I just want to clarify for the audience. Yeah. If you ever see a musical... We don't do the entire musical before the musical. Just before, you do like a day before. Yeah. With your, you know, your final dress rehearsal. Yeah. But like before the show happens, if there's fight <laughs> scenes, we'll do the fight scenes on stage. Oh, the we, choreography. No. Did you just do the dance choreography? No. Oh. Just the fight scenes. Because people can get hurt. Okay. Literally. People, people just, can get hurt dancing, Aaron. We just do the fight scenes Aaron, on stage. Aaron. People can get hurt dancing. Dancing's dangerous. Kevin. Aaron, what if it's Aaron, what if it's West Side Story and there's dance fighting? Well, Kevin, can you imagine if it was Cats the Musical? What if there's you'd, there's dance if, fighting in Cats the Musical? If it was Cats the Musical, you'd have to do the entire entire play on the stage before you do the play. Well then that wouldn't count that's because that's the entire plays show. Work. Okay, with West Side Story, probably for the big moments, like the Bernardo and Riff fight and stuff yeah. like that. You will do those moments. So you practice your dance fighting. However, you will not do when you're a jet. You're a jet all the way on the stage. Yeah, you've never seen Carrie. You don't know if there's dance fighting or not. Kevin, I really know a lot of things about theater because I am a professional but, theater actor. But what do you know about dance fighting? Some things. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Cheryl uh, wears her uh, Carrie, Carrie costume. costume and approaches her house with a bucket. And Carrie should not have... I mean, Cheryl should not have had that Carrie costume because... Aaron... You don't you don't think that she brought her costume from home? Okay, fair. Do you, I don't know where she's walking from? She got changed at the school and walked and, all the way to the house. And I guess got her, her bucket from elsewhere. Yeah, where did she get that blood from? <laughs> I assume it's pig's blood. We're. I don't know. You know what? This all happens during the musical number, and then at the end of the musical number, Cheryl pops up at Thistle House covered in blood. Yeah. She she does the she does the carry thing to herself and then because she's a drama queen threatens her mom because she remembered that she can do that and oh my god Penelope backs down so easily for any confrontation so essentially Cheryl's like I'm covered in blood I would like you're bad I'm good I would like to be emancipated you and my uncle are garbage people I have to do this this way so you get it I can't just file a legal paper. <laughs> I'm doing this. Because this is Riverdale. I mean, no, this is Riverdale. I live in Riverdale. <laughs> the town, not the show. I'm not referencing the show we're in. Also, if you threaten my grandmother, I will find you and burn you. Like I did, like remember I did a few weeks ago? Remember when I burned you? A few weeks ago? If you threaten Grandma Rose's little head, 
burning. Like I did a few weeks ago. Also emancipation. This, Otherwise. This turnaround time has really gone uh, gone real weird. A lot of backlash. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I, I'm confused by Cheryl's arc. Uh, who knows how much time is they have rehearsed and staged an entire musical. It's been like six months. But that means school's done. Yes, it does. <laughs> the next episode, they're all on, sp- on summer break. <laughs> it just it just pops. <sighs> <sighs> so anyway, opening night, FP comes in briefly and sees Hal give a... Uh, okay, a- because Alice is the most unprofessional actor. She walks in front of the curtain. She's not an actor. She gets roses from Hal. No, it's just a present. He was just at her house. Does hey, it- <laughs> hey, hey, listeners. If you're in a play, you stay backstage. Oh, I understand. I understand that, Aaron. So mad. This is a funny thing for you to be mad about. And then, like, there's a pre-show thing, and well, some the so Ethel has her own dressing room, which yes. is for Ethel slash Helen, which is her character. Yeah. But so all the leads share a dressing room. I don't care because Betty <laughs> and Veronica are definitely doing their makeup in the same room. Anyway, more importantly, Jughead goes in because he's trying to film his documentary. Yeah. But Ethel is not in her room. And then he looks around her room and he sees that her garbage is full of magazines. <laughs> With words but, cut out. Yeah. Which, are, which Eth- when Ethel comes in, says, they're for my dream board. But there's no dream board in that room. Aaron, you don't show your dream board to be Dream board's for you. No, it's not. The dream board's for you, Aaron. No, it's not. For you. You have to show your dream board. That's how you know your dreams will come true. No, you, show, you keep it to yourself for Ethel. You post it on your blog. When Ethel sh- shares her dreams, things go bad, Aaron. That's true. Um. <sighs> so then he, then he goes, then he like, he's like, wow, this he's is going like, on. Then he goes to her room and he sees Midge and Fangs. Yeah, yeah, Fangs is close talking to Midge. And we're supposed to be concerned. I'm like, that's weird. But I'm not. Uh. And then, la- then later, Moose charges by. It's like, not talking right now. Which is weird because that's later in the same scene. And you know Moose's whole thing with, you know, anybody talking to Midge. Yeah. But he seems to be going in another direction because there's no... I don't know. It's yeah, confusing. he's not going from the dressing room. And also, with the TV show, Moose doesn't care about Midge the same way. I mean, he, so I he might still. I think it's a comic book thing. I don't know. It's, it is something that's set up because... No, no. First, there oh. is a short scene where all of the main characters are with Chuck. And they're like, hey, oh, right, Chuck, yeah. you've really become a proper Victorian gentleman. <laughs> and Chuck's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. And she's like, it means you're good. But then they're distracted. <laughs> I'm like, hold on a second. Look. Look. Look, that's not what that means. But all right. Whatever. Sure, Veronica. Because then they get distracted because then Sumerian. What? Cheek. Okay. Shows up. You can't, Aaron, it has to be a C. It, it like, is a C. No, but it's pronounced with an S. No, it's a C. Aaron, you got to get the bit. I'm running out of C names. You got to do the bit correctly. Sumerian. Because I dropped the bit. I know. I just can't do his name right, so. Anyway, um, Chickalis arrives. He shows up, and Betty's shocked, and he's like, I love you guys. Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't miss this for the world. Anyway, Mm. I'm here. Goodbye. Don't worry. And and Betty, once again, is like, oh man, he's evil, and that does not make him good, like it does with Veronica. Ooh. Ooh. He does not shine. (laughs) 
So then we get Alice, and she's singing. She's doing her... She's doing her musical number. It's well, so good. Once again, villain. Villain character. This it's character's so the villain. It's so good. We're supposed to sympathize with her until she's like, Carrie, come out of your closet. Once again, villain character. Then the set flies up. And instead of Midge being praying... And singing. Cheryl leans forward, and she's like, Hey, Kevin, did you reblock the scene? <laughs> and I'm like, Cheryl! What?! Because what do we see? Midge has been, like, like crucified on the wall. And there's writing all around her saying, I am the Black Hood. I am back. All who lived must die. Yeah, I'm like, Cheryl, don't be an idiot. And then after Kevin's like, I did not, Cheryl stands up and screams, help her, help her, won't somebody help her? I Sorry, I know this is a very serious moment because, you know, Midge has been stabbed a whole bunch. Uh, Cheryl definitely cleaned that blood off pretty quickly. Oh, very fast. She had a shower. Yeah, she had to be at the play. She had <laughs> yeah. to fill in. I can't miss this. Uh, so, yeah, I know Midge is, like, stabbed a whole bunch. Apparently the Black Hood's back. Everyone screams. Kevin Stampedes runs. around. Uh, cut to the Riverdale's end. It's important that everyone knows that Chick just stands there and stares. But Chick doesn't have, like, normal reactions to anything. Yeah, that's So fine. this is probably not suspicious. Yeah. So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. Did you find yourself a CW moment in this episode? I did, and it's going to make people angry. Okay. My CW moment, which is a moment where logic is just locked in a closet, just like Carrie. And instead of being able to spring forth and fill the world, it's stabbed up on the wall. Fair enough. And the moment I picked, you're going to be so mad as Midge being crucified on the wall. It's, yeah. Because I have zero faith there's going to be a payoff. I mean, so we, we're going to sort of have a denouement after this. Like, are we sort of talk yeah, about Yeah, so this? I think we should just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. I have no faith this is going to cause actual logical, because there's only like three or four episodes left. I don't think it's going to take a logical arc. Yeah. I think it's just to be like, oh, episode. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Kevin? So my CW moment uh, is the 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 way the it sort of comes with the fact that, like this is obviously the way the writers saw they had to do this scene is by making Betty feel for her mom by having her mom sing the villain song mm-hmm. like it would be like if if entangled she sang the um uh that's that song about how like you know the mom whose name I can't remember um who you know kidnapped. Uh, Rapunzel mm-hmm. and you know keeps her trapped if that's the song she's saying she's like oh she loves her so much I'm like no that's literally the villain song or if it was like Veruca Salt singing I want it all and Betty was like oh, she wants it all and she didn't get any of she it she wants it so much I'm like that was a bad I like you should have done a different way to get that point across I don't know you have to get that point across it's real bad parallel like doing a parallel between Alice Cooper and Carrie White's mom, who is the most villainous character in film. And I know you did a musical episode, but it doesn't make sense for only one grown-up to be in that show. So maybe yeah. just do it without a song. Yeah, it, it was not a great choice. Not great. So that was a musical episode. Okay, so I, I do think it was kind of cool yeah. that they had... 
it was all songs from the musical, and yeah. they had some that were diegetic and some that were non-diegetic. Like, yeah. I think that whole the way, thing... That, that's just the phrase I use to describe to musical yeah. numbers. And I think it's good for us yeah. to have vocabulary. Yeah, no, yeah, it works. I use it a lot. I just know that it's not a common way people describe yeah. it. So I, I actually do think that concept was super, super cool. Yeah. And at this time, <laughs> at, you know, 11.30 on a Saturday night when yeah. we just watched it... I don't know that I can suggest a better musical they could have used right now. No, because it has to be enough that everyone. Would. I thought, uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I thought they should have just like like picked picked a movie and been like, we're gonna do, we're doing this the musical and wrote their own songs. Which could have, but when, when when they first said carry the musical, I thought that's what they did. Oh yeah, no. yeah. I I thought they had they had done like carry and then they wrote their own songs. Do mm-hmm. a fake carry the musical. Doing a real one is real weird. And I think the reason I keep going back to Spring Awakening, for those of you who are not familiar, familiar with it, is the songs for Spring Awakening are, like, they're very aligned to the plot of the Vilka. Um, oh, I said Vilka. That's probably not right. They're very aligned to the plot of the play. Yeah. But because they're written by Do- Duncan Sheik, who yeah. is a pop. Yeah. Barely breathing. Yeah. Because he's a pop songwriter. His songs are pretty universal. Yeah. And and also, like, they're... Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, so I keep going back to that. And I think if... I think the way you have to do it is do a song, a musical that has, like, super, super universal songs. Yeah. Or do a really, really popular musical. Yeah. That will make people go, oh, that's clever how they put that in there. Yeah, because, I mean, some of the comparisons in the songs are kind of flimsy flimsy i i wonder when they chose carrie because the way that the characters match is enough to make me feel like they've been playing it for a while and they made the characters match those mm-hmm. characters there's a reason Jughead's I mean, to, to, to not fair, in the musical yeah to be fair they're stock characters to be fair like those yeah, yeah. type of things are pretty stock characters but i just i think if you i mean greece is not a good example yeah but i think if you had picked greece and then had done a really, really good job of fitting those songs in. From like, oh yeah. my god, it's so clever how Sandy's songs really align with Betty. Yeah. Like, but yeah. the problem with Carrie is it's just so... And also, the, the, the themes of Carrie don't, like, overall themes of Carrie don't mesh too well with Riverdale because there's not enough bullying in Riverdale. Yeah. In the first season, yeah, way more bullying. Now it's not really a bullying teen... Which is thing. maybe why it was kind of cool to include Chuck and have him be like, no, no more bullying for me. Yeah, I mean, that's something else we should talk about. Every single plot line was resolved in this episode. Like, like, not every single, but a lot, a of, lot of A them. lot of the character plot lines were resolved, which is... Yeah. So, which is, so we can start talking a little bit about the ending. And I have a question for you, Aaron. Yeah. Um, do you think they wrote the Black Hood uh, storyline and then got more episodes and realized they had to split it in half? Yes, 100%. Because I have a weird... Because they have, like, four more episodes. Yeah, not, sort of, not a lot more. I have a weird feeling that we're going to pick up right where the Black Hood left off. Yeah, I think they had a 13-episode arc, and then we're like, oh, no. And then Full they, season. <laughs> and then they slid in all this other stuff. So, Kevin. Yeah. Do you think Mitch is dead? Here, Here's what I'm going to say why Mitch was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Mitch could die, and that would be fine. Yeah. Um, She could not die... The re- and that would also be fine. I don't... I'm going to make my guess here. I don't think she's dead because the way that the wounds happen, they're mm-hmm. very off to the side. Yes. It's enough that she'll probably be in very, very critical condition. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like if they're going to make her dead, they should have slit her throat. Yes. Because I feel like Riverdale, the TV show, yeah. has proven to us yeah. that if you don't have 
heart, throat, brain. Yeah. You're not going to die. Because she was stabbed in the... She was, she was crucified. She, yeah. had, she was on the ground, though. She wasn't really a crucifixion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she had through the wrists. She had in her shoulder. And she her had side. Her, and she also had upper... Like, not heart, but yeah. like... Upper, up, she, so she had, like, down Upper on her shoulder. Pictorial. Yeah, down on her shoulder and, like, in on her shoulder. Yeah. And then one down in her um, sides. So, don't get me wrong. That is super, super, like, bad. But TV-wise... Let's think about <laughs> how fast <laughs> all of the characters on this TV show, including Penelope Blossom, who yeah. was super burned... It, it's true. That hospital is magical. Penelope Blossom has no scars from her burns. Here's, here's my... Okay, here's my prediction. Because of everything they set up. Oh, they did a, they did an awesome job at the end of this episode, by the way, setting things up. Yeah. I wish they did it not right at the end. So we have Ethel with mm-hmm. her weird stuff. We have Fangs talking to Midge, and we have mm-hmm. Moose running past. And, and Chick, Chick showed up. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... And Sheriff Keller was lurking around backstage. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was still a top suspect. Yeah, so. he walked past and he touched um, yeah. Kevin on the arm. Um, so here's what I think. I think Moose is going to think Fangs did it. Yeah. And Moose and Fangs are going to have a conflict, mm-hmm. which is somehow going to feed into the to the north side, south side conflict. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I think Mitch is not going to be dead. I think she's going to be hurt because I think she when she wakes up, she's going to reveal mm-hmm. what actually happened. I think Ethel is not involved, but I think her vision board is super, super dark and rage-filled. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I hope it's actually the Black Hood. I imagine it is. Yeah. I... Once again, I it's something we expected all along. But that's no way way with Black Hood. I don't like how this went though by essentially being mm-hmm. like, no, let's shove him away. Don't really worry about him. And now we're going to bring him back right now because I don't understand what why he's doing this. So I think the Black Hood is Chick's dad, whoever he ends up being. Yeah, that would be why Chick like he's hanging around. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, because I I feel like a good conclusion would be actually Chick. I'm gonna say chick because I can't say I can't. Yeah, whatever. We've com- we've chick is what they call him. Caused a but chick like... and cheek combo, which is now chick like yeah. the razor. Yeah. So chick, um, I think, <laughs> I think a good conclusion to this season would be chick redeeming himself in Betty's eyes by fighting the Black Hood. Yeah. And being injured but not dying. And I don't think the Black Hood is Hal. I don't think he's FP. I think he's Schick's dad. Which, and, and you know what? You because I remember how I always said like it's going to be just another character. Yeah, that is that would actually be a good one if it's yeah. just his dad. And we've even if we've never seen him before, that is fine to me because we still have a connection to him. It's such a connection to the entire. It would it would make the season better. It would make the two halves of the season into yes. one. Now that is our hope and prediction, and what I think would be good. We're probably we'll, wrong. We'll see what happens. It's probably Sheriff Keller. But hey, um, if you like that episode, you should give us a rating, a review, a subscription on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you find your your uh, your podcasts. You can also hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram. I just spent a whole week, well, most of a week, posting <laughs> Twilight pictures. Right, for, for that Twilight episode. Oh my god, I still talk to people about that episode. That's I do too. So, I talked about it a lot today. Oh my, watching Twilight was such a, it's such a bizarre experience. So, uh, such a bad movie in just all ways that could be bad. It's so bizarre. But we love social media. So yeah. you can do um, some Instagram. You can do some Twitter. You can talk to us about Twilight. Yeah. But more importantly, tell us about the Black Hood. Our handle is Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. You can also email us. That's also Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at gmail.com. Yeah. Love us. Yeah.
Will Midge survive her wounds? What will Hiram Lodge do without Archie under his thumb? So is Jughead's book now a documentary? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>